The following is a production of the Pest Posse, your trusted resource for pest control-related information and training for pest management professionals. Welcome to this episode of Pest Posse TV. I am Cully, visionary creator here at the Pest Posse. That is right. And of course, I am Foster, the head wrangler here at the Pest Posse, trying to keep all the shenanigans together and Cully in line and all that good stuff. And Cully, my boy, how are you doing? How's your recovery going? How are things? Recovery is overall fine. My hip is driving me nuts. I can't wait to get that surgery done and out of the way. Um, you know, this has been a long, crazy process. Um, and uh, yeah, so how about you? I understand we have to move our main office. Yeah, we do. It's kind of, yeah, it's kind of bad, but oh, well, onward and onward. It cracks me up. We just, they just announced we are, United States is now in a recession. And yet our, uh, our office uh, rent has gone way up. And uh, I'm thinking, are you guys really serious? You're going to cause, and we're probably not going to be the only ones who move. And then they're going to be shafted because everybody's going to be looking for lower prices everywhere. Exactly. Yeah. So we're, we're in the process of trying to find a new corporate office and yeah, they wanted to increase the rent. We won't say by how much it was an obscene amount. We'll just put it that way, you know, enough to make it to where we, yeah, we need to move. So that's kind of a tough thing. So we will we will be moving. So that'll be our uh, third or fourth office. I don't even know since we started this right? thing, but that's okay. It's, it's all crazy. good. You know what? We started this thing over, oh, going on almost five years here. That'll be September 1 will be five years. And uh, we started at that 60 square foot office over there in San Jose. And, you know, we're moving on up. So we'll, we'll see what we come up with with this office. So it'll be it'll be some good stuff. So. There won't be any hiccups in the content delay or whatever. We'll just keep rolling along with it. So nobody has to worry about that. So, um, so yeah, so, you know, we've got actually, I think today, uh, we've got a really good, um, I think we got some really good content for you today. We actually got Nancy and Chad from Renekill North America. Um, they've actually reached out to us and we're really going to be delving into climate change and really how that's impacted the pest control industry. And the services that really, you know, they're performing their rent a kill, but really in the in the industry as well, too, because Nancy and um, Chad, they do a lot of stuff for the industry and they, they know a lot of people. And I think they've got some really good insights to this, Cully. And I think it's going to be it's going to be interesting to hear what they have to say about it. Um, and we've we've observed some things as well, too, that they've mentioned. So I think this right. is a good, timely topic to talk about, no matter what side of climate change that you're on. Exactly. The thing is, that's one of the things I wanted to emphasize. We are not talking in this conversation about what is causing climate change. That's not really even relevant um, for any of us. Well, but like you already said, we are going to be discussing how climate change impacts pest control and the services we perform. Because if you can't acknowledge that the climate changes, then maybe you're not living on planet Earth. <laughs> I would agree with that. Or you're. I mean, just that's just honest, right? I mean, the climate changes. We have El Ninos, we have El Ninas, we have, you know, all these different things. Um, I was, I I briefly mentioned in this interview that uh, my buddy was reading the um, almanac 
And uh, the Almanac literally stated that California is moving into a 100-year drought. Now, the Almanac is based on what? It's not based on... Um, it's not based on some scientist's research per se. It's literally just based upon the facts that here are the patterns that have been recorded in history. And this is what we expect based on those patterns. So the, the science is very basic on those almanacs. And so there's some climate change information for you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so anyways. With no further ado. Uh, but before we get into our discussion with Nancy and Chad, we want to let all of you know that this podcast is sponsored by none other than Sterifab, which is a non-residual spray that deodorizes as it disinfects and is the only EPA-registered virucide, disinfectant, and insecticide in one. Now that's the key element there. There's lots of viricides that are EPA registered. There's lots of disinfectants and lots of insecticides, but this is the only one that does all of it in one. Exactly, exactly, yeah. And it's really, you know, it's EPA certified to really kill all stages of the bed bugs, including those eggs, the fleas, the ticks, the mites, uh, like we said, viruses, mold, and more. You know, like we said, it disinfects, uh, disinfects uh, viruses and bacteria and eliminates uh, uh, pathogen, uh, path, pathogen, pathogenic odors. God, I can't even talk. Sorry, Sterofab. Didn't mean to screw all that up for you. But it also destroys those uh, microbes at a cellular level and really hindering um, their basic uh, metabolic functions. And it's precisely engineered really to kill the fungus, the viruses, mold, and mildew. I mean, it's an amazing product. I just recently had a great discussion uh, with the vice president, Jordan Brooks, um, about that. So you guys be looking for that episode. We're going to delve a little bit more into Sterifab, but it's it's a really great product, uh, what they have. Absolutely. And Sterifab requires no dilution. It's ready to use and has no added perfume or unpleasant odor. It is one of the only non-residual products labeled for use on mattresses and upholstered furniture. So where a lot of your products you can't use on those areas, you can use this. Uh, once applied, Sterifab dries in 15 to 20 minutes with no trace. So it is great to use on those sensitive accounts. Now, the other thing that's really cool about this when you think about it is a lot of times when you're doing these jobs, you're always worried about the customer coming in too early. Well, you don't really have to worry about that as much with this product because it dries so quickly and leaves no trace residues. Um, so you literally could start with this product and by the time you finish your application, it's already dried and is not, not, there's no residue left. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it could be, I mean, there are so many applications really for this stereofab. And like we said, a lot of sensitive accounts. I mean, everything from nursing homes to hospitals, I mean, really where it's hard to get patients out and really for a long period of time. So, you know, uh, again, a great, great product that Stereofab has there. And, you know, we're going to really have a link in the description uh, of this podcast to the Stereofab website. So that way you can go and check out all the information about Stereofab. They've got a great detailed website that really talks all about all the application uh, sites for this and what Stereofab is all about. So we encourage you to go and check that out. 
um, and start using this product if if it's going to really apply for your for your needs. Uh, encourage you to check it out. It's it's a good product they've got. That's right. The product's been around for a long time. So yeah. with no further ado, let's bring on Nancy and Chad to get this discussion on climate change going and how it has impacted the pest control industry and the services that we perform. Well, I say before we get started in, in this great topic here, and again, we do appreciate both of your time uh, here today. We know you're both busy and everything. Why don't we start out with a brief introduction? Um, Nancy, why don't we start with you? Okay, hi, uh, Nancy Triano, I'm really excited to be here. So I am um, the Director of Operations, Education and Training for Rent-A-Kill North America. So I oversee um, all of the new hire and continuing education programs for uh, uh, all of North America, that's US and Canada. That's a big job. Big job. <laughs> that's, a, that's a big job. And uh, Chad, what about what about you? Good afternoon. Uh, so I'm Chad Gore. I am um, a Northeast Market Technical Director. So I manage a team of technical uh, services managers that provide support to our business. Um, and my territory is, as I mentioned, our Northeast Market, which runs from essentially Kentucky up into the New England states. And we, I do a little bit of support for our Puerto Rico business as well. So you're oh. busy as well, too. That's a, that's a lot. That's a lot to that's a lot to keep track of. So both of you are extremely busy and got a lot going on. So uh, yeah, like I said, definitely do appreciate your your time on this subject today. Absolutely. So let's jump right in. What are your guys' thoughts on climate change? Well, um, you know, it, it it's definitely happening um uh but it's 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 happening differently in different parts of the world it's a it, it seems like it's a slow progression but i think we are seeing more extreme events um but in some areas that could mean wildfires and other areas that could mean flooding uh others drought and so um it's been it's been an interesting ride it's always an interesting ride in pest management yeah, I think it's definitely something that we need to be uh, concerned about and, and, and mindful of. And, you know, I, I think that sometimes it's uh, it's easy for us to conflate weather and climate. Um, you know, and I, I think that that sometimes we get a little confused because we see, you know, a couple of thunderstorms or we see a, a, some drought and, and we don't necessarily, you know, it, 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 it may be just weather phenomena, uh, but we have to remember long term. We have to remember a bigger picture about you know, what's going on and, and the climate part of it is, you know, what's what's changing in areas that that, you know, that's different um, that we may not be seeing on regular uh, on some sort of frequency or, or regularity. You know, how is that? How is that shifting? Um, so I think it's important for us to keep that in mind. Oh, yeah, we definitely do, because things things are changing. Mm -hmm. I mean, we look here just in California as far as the way the weather's really changed with us. I think, Colleen. Can agree with me on this i mean we really you know the winters are really not happening like they used to i mean i remember just seems like not too long ago we would have some really wet winters we would have some good mm -hmm. rainfall and over i would say the past five years maybe even more that really doesn't happen we don't have that so we can really kind of see that change and that shift you right know? i think that um you know part of this is I mean, I, I'm not a like I'm not one of those guys who thinks climate change isn't happening. I mean, it's 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 changing. You know, um, if you look at the facts and the numbers, you can see it happening. But like a friend of mine was talking to me. No, this is a while ago. He was reading an almanac 
and of California Almanac. And it said, I don't remember what year it was. It was a few years ago. We were moving into a hundred year drought. You know, this is proven, you know, consistent because they've been tracking it for a while. Right. And so I was like, oh, great. That's going to help. Um, uh, well, my point is, you know, the planet is always changing, but, you know, there are definitely some things that can create problems and concerns and, um, you know, it's, it's something to be aware of. Cause like we already kind of touched on is this affects our jobs. Yeah. You know, um, this definitely affects how we do their jobs and what tests we're going to be facing and just a plethora of things to talk about. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's interesting because I think as as entomologists, you know, we we like the insect part of it, you know, or even the even just the, the pest part of it. And um, it's not that we look forward to it, but I think what we are what we will find interesting is that we'll see some shifts in the types of insects and maybe the frequency of different types of insects that, that we see. I mean, we already see it to, to some degree. Uh, with the introduction of invasives and and the the expansion of, of host or uh, uh, home ranges of of the invasive uh, invasive species, so you know some of them have been kind of these slow moving roles, um, you know, in, in moving from one area to another, and and you know, in other cases it, it's it's not all that that slow, you know, and not very subtle at all. And you you're kind of touching on it there, um, Chad, as far as really how the climate change really is disrupted the behavior of pests. I mean, you kind of want to, you want to go into a little bit deeper. I mean, what, what have you observed with that as far as your role being technical director? Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> part of my, my time with Renekill was spent in the Midwest and the Southeast. And, um, you know, we've seen some, uh, some northward creep of things like red imported fire. And for example, um, you know, it's, it's normal, Finding it like North Carolina South, but we find it now in in, in uh, Virginia and some cases in 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 Maryland, and you know it just seems like there's this this kind of creep into into more north, northern territories. Um, but even more recently, you know, with with invasive species, um, we see, for example, the brown marmoted sink bug. I mean that that wasn't too awful long ago, and and if we compare that to the red imported fire ant, you know, the timelines are vastly different. Red imported fire ants been here for in the States for a long time and uh, BMSB not so much. But what we're seeing is that in some cases, you're actually getting what, what we originally thought was a, a single generation pest. We're now actually getting examples of multiple generations, or at least a second generation. You know, not maybe not necessarily with that one more than a second generation. But but I think that that's, a, that's an example of um what could possibly be happening with um you know when you have some effects some long-term effects on on climate because the, the insects are going to adapt you know and, and they're going to do what insects do you know they're going to reproduce whenever they can and you know get in as many generations in as, as they can and when you have a have a longer time period of time when they can do that then you can expect that so and of course reproduction being what it is the, the more that it happens the more pests that you get so um, you know, and, and, you know, I'm obviously, I'm no, I'm no medical uh, entomology expert. So, you know, Nancy would probably spot off a bunch of stuff on, on mosquitoes, um, you know, the things that, that might, that might happen with, uh, with mosquitoes and some of those disease vectors. 
Yeah, Nancy, really, what what is your thoughts on that as far as that, as far as the, you know, the the pests being disturbed in their behavior? Yeah. So I think we have to be ready for it. We're, we're going to have to be ready for, um, first of all, like Chad said, so the, the expansion, the creeping expansion, what you're talking about, too, about a, a wider spread distribution of potentially disease vectors. So I think about ticks. Um, I think about these mosquitoes. We've got invasive mosquito, uh, species of mosquitoes that are continuing to spread farther out every single year, up and out. Um, and then the warmer, the warmer temperatures are going to, you know, promote that and create, you know, environments for them that are tolerable. So you've got that. And then if you think about temperature and and warming temps, and you think about insect development. Um, a lot of times development time is, is temperature dependent. So if you've got warmer temps, you've got quicker development time. And when I think about pathogen development that uh, uh, like viruses that mosquitoes carry, that ticks carry, that's also temperature dependent. So then you've got um, uh, uh, viruses or pathogens that can develop faster, uh, probably become a lot more prolific. And so you've got like this cumulative effect. You've got um, insects that, uh, um, are out, out longer. So an increase in activity, um, out for, for, uh, you know, the, their seasonality is longer. When I think about mosquitoes and I think about heightened periods of disease transmission, that's really the fall because they have had time to feed on potentially reservoir hosts and then, um, lay their eggs, but then it's time to get subsequent blood meals. And now they're infectious. And so every time they take blood meals later in the summer, especially the fall, that's when you really start to, to see disease transmission creep up in humans. Um, so you, you have potentially now um, more time uh, for more exposure. You've got um, the pathogens that are doing really well because of the warm temperatures, so they're prolific. So again, it's, 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 this, uh, it's this cumulative effect that we really have to, uh, we have to watch out for you know, as we talk about this and we talk about, um, you know, the changes, it's going to affect the way we, we, you know, we do our services and what services we do. And it, I was just, as you brought up mosquitoes, we're now starting to do mosquito services in California and we never did that. You know, the counties basically took care of it. Now the counties are like, you know, you need to call a pest control person, you know? And so all of a sudden, you know, we're having to buy still backpack, you know, Mr. Blowers or, you know, however the people choose to do their services. Um, and so how have you guys seen some of the changes or what changes do you expect to see in the near future as how we actually do our services? So I'm seeing an increase in different types of service offerings. Uh, from not only for mosquitoes, but definitely for ticks. People are really concerned about ticks and the expansion of, of their range. And, you know, the, the more, the more um, products and offerings and options that we can give people, I mean, you get, you get Lyme disease and you're ready to just, I mean, throw the kitchen sink at, at it. So um, definitely, definitely um, the offerings that we have uh, we have to be prepared for an increase in in services. If you've got insects that are potentially active for longer periods of time in the year, where you're thinking about when when you typically start to slow down, you may be extended for at least another month now. Um, so you've got you've got that. You've got to watch out for um, effects in localized areas. So if we think about these extreme events, if there's flooding, 
Think about the consequences in pest control when there's extra water. You may have mm -hmm. to, and not just, and I know we, we think about mosquitoes, but we, ha we have to think about flies. We also have to think about things like termites. Um, you have, uh, you know, trees that are down, uh, an excessive amount of moisture in, in wood and in structure. So we've got to be able to respond locally too and understand that the, the, the conducive conditions that some of these um, extreme weather events are going to produce. Yeah, I think too, um, you know, the, the, the types of materials that we decide to choose are going to have to, are going to be pretty important. You know, if you get, if you get um, uh, hotter temperatures or more UV or uh, more exposure to, to water, you know, the, the formulations that you choose have to stand up to those things. You know, and the, and the, the, the more, uh, the more exposure that you have to these, um, these extreme elements, you know, the faster they may degrade and become less, uh, less effective. So, that's either either a change in the formulation from the manufacturer to withstand those things, or it's uh, increasing the frequency that you're making those applications. So, you know, something something's going to change. I was going to say one thing leads to another, right? So, so if you're you're doing an increase in applications, then we have to think about things like pesticide resistance. Right. So you're you're, okay. you're increasing your applications. You're you you may have higher numbers of pests, so you've got to stick to those uh, IPM principles uh, when it comes to what you're what you're applying you have to you have to switch up your formulations um switch up your actives your mode of your mode of action um so keeping all of those principles in mind i think is going to be super important as we move forward absolutely oh yeah absolutely. i totally agree totally agree with that and really and really when we're looking at this i mean because probably some in the pest control industry are like okay oh, this is all well and good or whatever but I mean, really, should they be? Should they really be? You know, concerned about climate change? Should should the PMPs here in the industry even really care about that, or just kind of put their head down and just kind of like, okay, well, whatever. This is the way the pests are doing. This is what's changing. I mean, should they really be looking at at this climate change and being concerned about it? Well, I mean, yeah, I, I think everybody should be um, should be mindful of it. You know, regardless of your stance on it, um, you know, you, you should be you should be open minded about. The things that are changing because um you know it, it, all of this stuff it may be kind of a slow rolling change but eventually you know change will happen change is inevitable um but i think what the the most important thing at least as an industry as pmps we need to be flexible you know and be willing to be uh, flexible enough to to um you know change our practices and change the way we're doing things you know just think about um you know the the introduction of of cracking crevice services years ago. I mean that was that was uh, uh, you know kind of groundbreaking. You know rather than than uh, uh, being baseboard jockeys, we went to to cracking crevice, and it was a big change. But it is the change for the right for the right reasons? And I think that we still have to be uh, we still have to keep kind of that mentality uh, in place, so that when we do need to change, or as we do need to change, that, that we can do that. That we're not so rigid that we can't do it. I think that's an extremely good point because I'm constantly running into um, companies that don't change, right? Mm -hmm. they, they're still doing it the way they did it 20 years ago. Uh, they might be using different products, but they're still, you know, I mean, I know the East Coast is different than the West Coast. We have different weather. But I'm, I don't know, I can't wrap my head around doing an interior every time I'm out doing a maintenance service. You know, mm -hmm. I'm like, 
you know, my customers, they're like, well, I want you to do the inside, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, listen, <laughs> let me do the outside. And then if you need interior service, let's talk. You know, it's guaranteed. I'm not going to charge you any extra, you know, but in 26 years of doing pest control, I rarely have to do an interior once I've taken mm -hmm. care of the outside. Now, you know, you've got ants in the kitchen or fleas, you know, you've got to do what you've got to do or cockroaches or whatever. But, you know, most of the time those are, you know, well, fleas is not, but, um, you know, but ants, you're going to go in and bait. Roaches, you can go in and bait. You can vacuum. You can do all kinds of things um, that allow you not to put basically poisons in somebody's living environment, yeah. in their kitchen, you know? Yeah. I try to look at that as much as possible. Yeah, it, it makes perfect sense. I mean, if, if you think about it, where do the vast majority of the things that, that are pests come from? They're on the outside. You know, with a few a few exceptions like German cockroaches or bed bugs that are, that are introduced and brought in, the vast majority of things start on the outside, especially in, in you know, in homes and, and so forth. So, you know, that's where your primary focus should be because that's where everything is. And you want to try, try to create kind of a, a barrier, you know, and, and, and I think what you said is uh, is kind of important. You know, this idea of putting poison in, in somebody's home, you know, I think that, that society in general, homeowners specifically, are being more in tune to um, the things that are going in our house and the things that uh, the things like pesticides and exposure to pesticides and, you know, I want green and, and I like organic and things like that. Whatever you, you know, how, whatever you think about those and however you, however uh, efficacious you think that they are, there's still a market for that. Um, and I think that, that that's, uh, that's important for us to, to, to remember. Um, it's also important for our vendors to remember as well. So that, you know, the manufacturers, so that when, they are creating new chemistries that that those are things that we could use that we could offer, um, but still be effective and be less you know less poisonous, if you will, um, to uh, to our customers. Yeah, absolutely. I always tell people, listen, I run a service business on essential oils. I don't know what else to tell you. It's profitable. I make money. <laughs> My customers are happy. You know, right. argue as much as you want, you know, but if you do it right, it works. Exactly. Yep. And you don't yeah. have to do it that way. It's not a requirement. You know, I have some customers who are adamant. They want good old fashioned pest control. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. You know, but um, I think we have, the point is, is we need to be open to change. You know, um, sure. it's just the reality. I mean, if I'm, when I, even when I moved from, san jose santa clara county and i moved three hours south i had to change the way i did some things because i'm dealing with different pests i've not had to deal with before you know it's not like a massive amount but it's definitely there one of the one of the other things too that that we run into is a uh our regulatory changes or you know changes at, at more local levels uh nancy and i were talking about it um you know some some uh, localities in New Jersey have, have uh, banned gas-powered leaf blowers. You know, so for for our industry, that's a you know that's a bit of an impact when you're trying to do mosquito work, where you can't use mist blowers. Yep. You know, so now we've got to, to go on to to use electric powered and battery or battery powered. Yep. Like that. 
you know, they, these are the rules that people put in for their communities. You know, so we we as as uh, service providers have to respect that. You don't have to like it, but you have to respect it if you want if you want to do business in those communities. But I think in some respects that that um, you know maybe that's good because that might make the manufacturers of that equipment think, okay, I need more power for this particular industry. Now I've got a new piece of equipment that I can offer for the pest management industry. You know, so we might get we will probably get improvements in in quality and and efficacy in the in that equipment. Yeah, Nancy, you've been quiet. You have anything to add? Uh, yeah. Um. Well, I mean, I I I I agree. It's it's important to be flexible and keep an open mind. I I think that uh, if you're if you're not open to innovations, you need to be coming away from um, the pesticides, but thinking about innovations and in exclusion. If we think about that, you know, the majority of the pests are coming in from the outside. Let's open our mind. You know, one thing I love about this industry is that there's more than one way to, to do, to do something, to manage pests. And it actually should be a variety of ways. So keeping an open mind to innovation, looking at all of those other IPM techniques, sanitation, innovations in exclusion, um, you know, the other thing is, is that what we have now is an advantage of um, electronic documentation. And uh, because we can scan barcodes and, and do things electronically, we've got a very easy way now to reference the, the pest history um, of an account. And so um, our programs can be based um, on data. And, and, you know, this really is a science-backed industry. We should be um, acting accordingly and we should have some uh, some data to, to drive the the pest control programs and you know that's also in terms of climate change comparing that data uh, with temperature and overlaying that with your services we can do a little bit of prediction too PMPs owners and everything you've got to be willing to change and not just be stuck in you know 20 years ago as far as how things were doing we've, we've got to be the willingness to uh, to adopt some of this new technology and these things that are out there and it, it's going to make an impact on as far as what's what's happening, I believe. And we can definitely battle pests, you know, I think a little bit better and a little bit more professionally and a little bit more cleaner than, you know, just kind of doing the hose and go, you know, like we said, spraying the inside on every service. So I think if, if we as PMPs and owners can really just kind of look at that and start thinking outside the box and not just be so much in that tunnel vision, because I think that's kind of what what hurts some of us in the industry is that we get into that tunnel vision and we do to, we do talk to a fair amount of owners and stuff and some older ones and it seems like they are stuck in that and, and you guys need to really start thinking outside the box because it's really going to help things out in the long run yeah and we as pmps need to be stewards of the environment and yeah. and it is our job to educate customers definitely right. yeah absolutely. yeah you know, there's a there's a quote that i heard um early on in my career um um you know Renekill is is essentially a change company because of you know our our trajectory and path and so forth. But uh, Victor Hamill, um, with uh, who was with the owned uh, early early on, he said that uh, you know if you don't like change, you're really going to hate irrelevance. You know, and, and that's really kind of stuck with me uh, over the years because you know we do change. Uh, whether it's through acquisition, whether it's through uh, industry um, uh, changes, whether it's through regulatory changes, change is inevitable, you know, and, and you've, if you're not willing to change, um, change with it, then uh, you will be irrelevant. Absolutely. Um, 
totally agree with that. True in a lot of ways, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, just going back to something you were talking about, Nancy, one of the things Foster and I are constantly teaching, um, you know, the people we teach, and that is that um, it didn't happen if it's not documented. Yep. You know? yes. And so the whole data thing you're talking about, I mean, there's so many ways, you know, to gather different kinds of data. And one of those is just documenting the service you did, right? So that you can go back and you can say, okay, or some somebody else who comes out to the account, they can look back and they can say, all right, this is what was done in the past. You know, what maybe do I need to change um, to get success in the future? You know, um, another principle we teach, which I think is good for everybody is plan. So plan what you're going to do do what you're going to do, check what you did, and then make the adjustments you need to make. You know, if you, I, I tell people all the time, that's how I got good at this business. I didn't get good because um, I was taught well, because I wasn't. I was basically just thrown in a truck and said, do it. And so I had to figure it out almost exclusively on my own to a large degree. And um, obviously I read books and I did all those went to classes when I could. Um, but early on, I couldn't even do that kind of stuff because I didn't know it was available. So I just started watching what I did and seeing what, what worked. And, um, you know, um, it, it's just, that's life right there, yeah. right? Is that your whole life, if you want to be successful at something, you've got to check what you've done, make adjustments so you can do it better. Yep. Otherwise, <laughs> be, be thorough. Yep. 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 I always Chatter. say, you know, in order in order to prevent pests, we have to be able to predict them. And in yep. order to predict yeah. them, I, I need to I need the documentation. I need to I need to ah. see. Yeah. Yeah. We were able to do that with some commercial accounts. We had a big account and we knew every fall they were inundated with crickets. It happened every single year. And so we went out and I had a treatment program for the guys to do it in. I don't remember, probably don't remember, August or um, September. And we did that program and we never had a problem with crickets again. We yep. just we just did it every year, you know, and um, it worked like a charm, you yeah. know. But we could do that because we, we you know, we documented. Documentation, right. You know, we had that track record to base that on, you know. Yeah, so yeah. Back, so you message know. for climate for for climate change too is is you know look at your notes look mm -hmm. at your documentation yep yeah we did that uh, years ago when uh when brown marmor did stink bug <clears throat> first hit pennsylvania and it really blew up as a as a, um, a homeowner pest um uh, we needed to do something you know we needed to come up with a program and uh so so i i, I got call history data because at that point we had no no data to, to to go on, but we were interested in. We knew that they were overwintering pests, so we needed to figure out when are they going to come to homes. So we got the call history data. So uh, uh, so we were able to predict pretty well, you know, a couple of weeks before they would start flying to homes and buildings and so forth, and we could intercept them with uh, with our uh, you know exterior treatments. And lo and behold. We started minimizing the the number of, of stink bugs that they would see during the winter and that would emerge in the in the spring. So mm -hmm. definitely use use your call yeah. data and and you know and if, if we're uh, if we're dealing with changes in climate, 
maybe that that call data history will start shifting, but at least you'll have it and you'll be able to to you know to plan ahead. This has definitely been some some. This has been a great topic, and I think we've just kind of scratched the surface all with this. I mean, as we kind of start closing this out and everything, um, you know, Nancy and Chad, you know, kind of uh, real quick, your your kind of your final thoughts on really on this climate change and the pest control industry. Chad, why don't you go first with that? Yeah, um, I think we we we've talked about a lot of good things here, and I think the 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 final message is just a, a repeat of just a, a be prepared. You know, you don't you don't want to get caught with, um, um, you know, with without your without your BNG, you know, so to uh, so to speak. Uh, you you need to have a have a plan um, in place and be prepared to to adjust on the fly. And you know, I think that that all of this. The, the climate change is it's, luckily it's not a, a day, you know, next day we flip on the switch and now all of a sudden the climate has changed and all of our pest pressures are different. And, you know, yes, the, it's now cold when it should have been hot and, and all that, um, but it, it's going to, it's going to come and we just need to be, need to be prepared, need to be prepared for being able to do things that we didn't do in the past. You know, roll, roll with it, um, be vigilant, uh, definitely be prepared to offer services that you haven't offered in the past. Um, yeah, I think, I think, I think Chad covered that well, you know, keep documenting and, uh, yeah, be, stick to your, stick to your integrated pest management principles, um, understand the conducive conditions that are going to, um, proliferate pests because that's probably going to happen in pockets. Um, yeah. and it's going to happen more frequently. I would say as you guys try and prepare for these new services you haven't done, remember that be patient. You're not going to necessarily have perfect success on your first treatment out there. You know, it's a learning process. That's why it's called learning, right? And yep, called a learning right. process. Because, you know, we're just, we don't always get it perfectly right. And all the climates are a little different. I mean, a hundred miles away, they might do it this way and you might have to tweak it a little bit just because your climate's a little different. I mean, that's yeah. just kind of the reality, exactly. you know, so just encouraging people, you know, in that regard, because yeah. I completely agree with those comments. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, again, thank you, Nancy and Chad, for your time today. We certainly do appreciate it. Certainly do appreciate you imparting your thoughts on this climate change and pest control. Um, again, thank you for your time today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks, guys. Okay, everybody, we would like to thank Sterifab for sponsoring this podcast. We're hugely grateful to them. Yeah, thank you for your support. We certainly do appreciate that, Sterifab. And remember, this is an EPA-certified uh, product that really is designed to kill all stages of those bed bugs, fleas, ticks, mites, viruses, mold, and more. Sterifab requires no dilution. It's ready to use and has no added perfumes or unpleasant odor, which is really nice oh yeah it's very nice exactly cully so yeah so we're gonna have a link in the description of this podcast to the serifab website we encourage you to go check that out so you can learn all the information about serifab and this great product and again encourage you to try this out and to use it um i think it's uh, you guys will be pleasantly surprised on the versatility of this product
This has been a production of the Pest Posse. Be sure to follow Pest Posse TV on your favorite podcast platform. For great video content, be sure to subscribe to the free Pest Posse TV membership available at PestPosseTV.com. Follow the Pest Posse on social media and tell your friends, colleagues, and everyone else you meet about the Pest Posse and the awesome content they provide. Remember that pest control is an adventure, so go out there and enjoy the adventure with the Pest Posse.